When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the net, the center, and the goal! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bruins! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 245, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, and we ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide podcast platforms and video content on our related YouTube channel. And with all that jazz, I want to welcome in my co-host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what's up? Hello. Uh, happy uh, day. Nice morning time here, and... Uh... Can't, I'm glad we finally got to get together to do this. Yes, I um, I want to apologize uh, for the listeners. We're, we're, and we're, we're a day late, but um, and our sponsor, betonline.ag, for recording this show a day late because uh, the internet where I was, I was traveling yesterday, so the internet was terrible. And we, we just couldn't get this done. So um, yes. we're moving it to this morning since I'm on vacation this week. So just thought we'd get it done. And we promise it'll be like it normally is only today. But yes, we apologize to you guys. But Mark will still get it out to you guys. Yes, absolutely. Possible. So let's get right. this done. But yeah, let's uh, hear from my show sponsor, betonline.ag, before we get going. Betonline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. 
Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we just heard from the awesome BetOnline.ag sports betting company. They are fantastic. Uh, hockey's coming up. Football is in full swing. Baseball's still going on. Golf's still going on. There's a ton of stuff that's going on. So get yourself a free account at BetOnline.ag. And don't forget to use that code NFL100, folks. All right, so Heather, um, you have the agenda again this week. Thank you very much for your efforts. And, well, uh, let's get I- started. I know you'd be all in to watch prospect challenges and stuff like that. You're going to get all the deets for us on that and really go hard in. So the least I could do is at least try to jot down some things we could discuss around that. But unfortunately, like we said, we always like to do the sad things at first. Uh, Fred Stanfield passed away uh, this week. Uh, champion, uh, Stanley Cup champion, centered the greats. You know, when we think of the big bad Bruins, that was him and his era and was part of those memorable teams and had a hell of a career. He played, I think, for five different teams, but uh, just a few things about him that uh, he did. He, yeah, sorry. He had 20, uh, 211 goals and 405 assists with 616 points uh, in 914 games. He played with the Blackhawks, Bruins, the North Stars, and the Sabres. So I apologize. Four teams between 1964 and 1978. So he saw the, all the expansion era, the original expansion era, and things like that. I uh, was part of that bridge generation. And yeah, uh, he centered Busick and McKenzie, which is not a bad place to be. And yeah, again, just, you know, Stanley Cup champion, Bruins alumni. So uh, he was 77 years old. Uh, but just. Rest in peace, man. You had a good yeah. life. Did a yeah, lot of things. It's, it's unfortunate uh, to hear stuff like that from the Bruins alumni. Um, but yeah, uh, thoughts go out to uh, Fred's uh, family, friends, and uh, and fellow alumni that are, that are fortunately still with us. So um, you know, it, I I hate seeing that. And as I get older, I I know that this is going to happen more often with some of these generations of the past. It's just you know, it, it's life. It happens, but. You know these guys uh, got to play at the at the top level of the world, and uh, and and should be thankful for their efforts to continue. Uh, and you know those guys are the true ambassadors of the of the game back then. You know, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. So continued thoughts to friends and family. So. Yep. So just wanted to mention that Bruins alumni. We always hit at that, but um, here on the flip side is good news that. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly was uh, talking this week, and he said that the league's going to be probably 99% fully vaccinated before the puck even drops, and the Bruins are 100% vaccinated. Them, the Flames, the Hurricanes, Leafs, and Flyers, uh, their staff and their players are all fully vaccinated, which is they probably thought to themselves, statistically speaking, I don't want to lose money over <laughs> whatever or whatever they are, but that's good. At least, at the point is the Bruins fully vaccinated, and that's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, I think the number right now that Daly said that there's there's still 15 to 18 members of the NHL uh, players um, staff or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. that are that are not vaccinated, which is I think is a, an incredible number uh, yes, to get is. to that point. 
And like you said, nobody wants to lose money. Um, but it's a, it's a positive thing moving forward uh, and remains to be seen what we're going to see with numbers increasing and so on. I'm still a little bit nervous about this, but I, you know, I hate this crap. I just want to get it over with. As a league, though, I think they're doing the best they can um, to not take a third season hit with a lot of like having to like last year, they already had what 30, almost 30 less games, what 28 less games and everything like that. And just there were some outbreaks and this will help. Not that obviously, ever, you know, you can still get sick or whatever, but it hopefully it will stop like whole teams being wiped out. That happened a couple times last year, therefore throwing everybody else off, also costing money and also most importantly, player health or whatever. So even um, just by nature of their job, they're traveling a lot. And when you travel a lot, you're going to many different places. And let's face it, airports and stuff like that are probably the jeremiest, grossest places on earth. Like some of them, like you're like, hmm, porter party or airport, but they're probably equally as gross depending oh, on the conditions. Jesus. I'm just saying like, it's not, have you, I mean, airports are gross. Like it's hard to not feel a little bit like you might have an illness after you get out of there. So run being run down and all the travel and stuff, you know, so that's good. Also good because now the boys can all go out to team dinners and stuff and get to yep. like be together and not just like be together. So, yeah, I, I, I saw a tweet not too long ago from Kevin Paul DuPont from the globe. And he said, mm -hmm. I, it wouldn't be surprising if the um, attendance numbers get cut down as we move forward. I, I think the, uh, the game will still happen no matter what, but fans in the stands could could ultimately take the hit here by decreasing numbers and creating a little more separation from each other, which I, I, I don't want to see. And I'm not I'm not the doom and gloom guy that's trying to say that this season's probably not gonna happen or anything like that. But you know, with CDC recommendations and so on and this Delta variant, whatever crap. And whatever uh, the Canadian requirements are, yeah, there. you know, I I'm mean, not really up on it's, that. It's still a, it, it's not a month by month. It's a daily procedure that they have to go through and get updates and do this and that moving forward. This is just due diligence on the league, the players' association, and, and um, and, you know, in home arenas wherever they're playing. Mm -hmm. So, should be should be interesting moving forward. Well, on that being said about the attendance, but at the same time, like you said, based on recommendations, this and that. I mean. Even just like some places, maybe like mass, like at the TD Garden, you have to wear the mask. And there are a lot of the arenas because they're private entities that are requiring people to wear masks and whatnot. But there are some places that aren't. So even if you cut it at the beginning, say the first month of games, right? Or say November, maybe you've already sold. But you ha go to like not half or the quarter or that like tiny, tiny number. But even if like in the beginning, just to make sure things are proceeding okay, if you cut it back to 80%, I mean, that's still 20% less capacity, a little more yes. room to spread people out, whatever. Maybe that way, as opposed to the like, you can only have 27% of your, yeah. like the Montreal Canadiens played a whole entire Stanley Cup playoff run with like a total of 10,000 people being able to see them or whatever. Like that, those kind of numbers it's not f fair to fans and it also can cripple, but I don't know. We'll see how things roll out. But I think that the NHL has really learned, like some of the leagues I don't think have totally um, really made a plan after having all this time to not, you know, to not do further damage, hopefully economically. But then again, we never know. The NHL is the NHL. Something might come up the whole flip side that they'll have all the revenue in the world, but something stupid will come up and make it messed up. But anyways, I just thought I'd mention that. I thought that was good news. Uh, and maybe that's because hockey players are sensible young lads 
and ladies, I guess, but we don't have any women playing in the NHL currently. So, all right. So, all right. Captain's practices started last week, right? We, well, I thought the next two topics I just jotted down were captain's practices and rookie camp, but we can kind of just roll with it between the two of them. But I don't know about you, but do you know how happy I was to see like, I don't know, like hail, hail, most of the gang's all here and everyone was there day one showing up. That's kind of what the Bruins guys do anyways. They all trickle in, you know, somewhere around. Yeah. I mean, it was a good feeling to see the guys getting ready to get back to work and uh, the, the smiling faces and, and the skill set shown in this uh, in these captain's practices, which are just, you know, it's, it's basically a, a light skate, get the blood flowing, get the muscles moving, continue to work out. Um, and prepare yourself accordingly for the upcoming um, uh, NHL training camp, which is supposed mm. to be this week. And I under- I don't understand why the Boston Bruins don't release the dates. You know, I mean, they still haven't released the date of when uh, the training camp is going to start at Warrior Ice Arena. Yeah. The the league um, uh, has stated that all camps are supposed to start within the uh, September 22nd to the 23rd area. So there is this week, but with we're we're two days away from that basically time frame, and the Bruins still haven't uh, mentioned anything of when it's going to start. So I know tonight, today, tonight, today, there wasn't. I don't think a time. It didn't really say, but there is the last captain's practice. I know for the Bruins, I think is this morning. Today's the twentieth, right? I'm thrown off because it's yeah. not Sunday. Where usually, but yeah. yeah, today I think sometime is. I haven't seen them on the ice. No one's like tweeted any videos or anything out from the warrior. So I can assume it's probably maybe starting soon, maybe 10 hour after that. But yeah. um, that's so it has to be starting. But it's like it's weird because I always feel like the Bruins like it's always kind of training camp anytime after August 20th. And they're like they're looking who's there, who's starting to. Yeah, but, but I, it's these important captains- for people. It's important for people to find out when the date is so we can accordingly go and cover the event. And you I know, understand that's, that's that. my whole point, but it could be for the Bruins. Like they haven't said it publicly, but maybe they're only letting in certain people like right. into the building, like fans and like people like us who maybe don't have the right credentials to be in for that kind of close down of it. You know what? I don't know. Uh, you're right. I mean, they should tell people, but I, I, I was going to say that these captains practices are important for a couple of reasons. It kind of lets everyone like the new members coming in or whatever, everyone gets the jitters out of like it all happening. But also, like you said, like this is a high cardio sport. Their first preseason game is on Saturday, the 25th. So it's good to get out there and work out the bugs. You kind of already start team bonding, but without all the pressure of like now, even though technically like you're not on the spot yet for the roster spot because it is an informal, no one's actually, but you are being evaluated, but more, are you on the ice? Well, that's a good first step. You showed up. It wasn't a, you know, for some, for your job, but anyways, that was, uh, it's important to know. It's important to note too, that these captains practices are not done by the team. It's, it's against the, um, the CBA to have any, um, um, team, organizational event before a certain time frame yeah. which is the, this week and and the, the uh yeah no the the whenever training camp starts that's yeah, technically when you're supposed to be there and then organizations can move forward these are strictly yeah. voluntary things there's no coaches yeah. on the ice right it's, it's just nothing you know, like that 
It's right. Patrice Bergeron calling 30, 30. Of his exactly. Saying, hey, um, I got some ice time today. <laughs> Want to, exactly. I don't know, get dressed and join me. And turns out most of them did, you know what I mean? And they yep. all trickled it. But even the first day it was like, Oh damn, they already have a squad <laughs> like ready to go. Yep. And of course the rookies were around too, because they were coming in for training camp. And that was the next thing. What did you think about rookie training camp? It's interesting to hear, uh, like we said, you know, they, they, they're with each other and then they go out to, they're against the people in their same kind of peer group. Uh, it was interesting. Some of the people that shined at camp weren't, um, I guess the media and everyone wasn't mentioning quite as loudly when they were actually against the other prospects, but overall, just from what I've seen, and I'm going to let you talk about rookie camp, what you saw, what you liked. Uh, but I think the young kids look good. They look out, you know, for being one of the lowest prospect pools or whatever, quote unquote. I didn't say it. that's just what they say. You know what I mean? What do I know? Yeah. I certainly don't have the frame to put all 32 prospects against each other. But what do you think? Kids looked good, I thought. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, training camp was was uh, two days this year before they flew out to uh, uh, rookie camp was two days um, before they flew out to Buffalo. And um, I thought everybody was looked pretty decent. Um, it's uh, important to know that Victor Berglund, JD Greenway, and um, I can't remember his name. I have the uh, image right here. Um, da, 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 da. And, yeah, so that's it. Those two guys were injured uh, and weren't able to participate. Um, so, but no, it was, it was a, it was a good event. I watched both games on uh, the live streams from either the Buffalo Sabres uh, website or the New Jersey Devils YouTube channel. Um, thank so I you, thought it, New York. Thank you, Buffalo and New Jersey, for providing the video yeah, footage I know. so Bruins fans could watch. Uh, there was a lot of good things to behold. You know, this, this, this is just a, another camp for these young kids to get adequated to, to uh, each other for future, you know, years of service and, you know, you create a little bit of chemistry and, you know, a little bit of excitement for the next year or the years after that to kind of hook up with somebody that you, you know, became friends friends with at this camp. But, um, no, I mean, it was a good little tournament. It's too bad Pittsburgh uh, pulled away from this one. It was just Buffalo and New Jersey and, and the Bruins, obviously. But uh, a tremendous uh, little tournament uh, by, uh, put on by the Sabres. Um, some, uh, some players that I want to talk about that really stood out to me, uh, not shocking for forwards was Samuel Asseline. He took a big step, in my opinion, um, with these guys. Um, Jesper Froden, wow, four mm -hmm. goals in two games. He looks really yeah, he good. And good. I know, I know, there's a narrative out there. Some some uh, asshole on Twitter freaking just mm -hmm. said, "Relax, he's 26 years old playing against guys that are 18, 19 years old." You know, it, it really doesn't matter what, what the age group is. He looked good and, and you know, and he's going to get future looks uh, mm -hmm. going into um, uh, into training camp, NHL Bruins training camp, and then possibly filter down to um, to Providence Bruins training camp. But uh, Curtis Hall looked good. Brett Harrison, wow. I, he kind of blew me away for not playing a whole year in the AH, OHL. Mm -hmm. um, Jakob Lauko, another fantastic yes, effort. I was very happy about that. Yeah. Like Fabian because. Lasalle, he played well, and um, and per Bruce Cass, uh, Bruce, and per Don Sweeney, uh, will be uh, um, uh, going to the Vancouver Giants of the WHL for further development. I think that's a fantastic idea. 
Um, yeah, that's what we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So you can give us a little th- further thoughts on the WHL uh, move for him. But we had talked about that a little. Go ahead. Who, who else are you saying? Oscar Steen was uh, played very well. Alex Olivia Voya, I thought, did good. Uh, defenseman, and not shocking. Jack Ashan was just tremendous in this tournament. Um, his mobility and speed just continue to impress me for a, uh, an undersized defenseman. The guy, I mean, everybody still continues to call him a uh, um, a uh, fire hydrant. He's just he's just short and stocky and just hard to play against. Yeah, he um, was one of the ones everyone was talking about at rookie camp. Brady Lyle was another one that really impressed me. Uh, Ryan Mast, uh, another one that um, played hasn't played in the uh, hockey in over a year and a half. But, um, I think he plays in the OHL. That's why. Uh, and uh, Nick Wolf, I was really impressed with Nick Wolf when you uh round out the defenseman. Uh, goaltenders, wow, 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 did Kyle Kaiser absolutely steal the show on Saturday? He was just making these athletic athletic saves. Um, and just I think he's gonna have a big year. And, and it, you know, I know it's hard to to evaluate a player when he's playing against, you know, a mixed bag of, of younger players as he's like the elder statesman of, of uh, Bruins prospects. But I thought he played well. And I think he's going to play a very big role for Providence in the upcoming season. His backup, Jeremy Brodeur, I had a little bit of mixed feelings about him um, in the, in game two on Sunday. I thought he played okay, but there was a lot of situations where I thought that, he didn't play very good either. And I thought maybe that had something to do with the defense in front of him and not fully committing, but um, it remains to be seen where he's going to land in the Bruins organization. If he is in fact signed, I know that he was brought to the, uh, to the rookie camp and the prospect challenge as a camp invite. So there could be future looks for him uh, at the uh, East coast hockey league level with the main Mariners. So that remains to be seen, but a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, you know the, the the Bruins went one and one. They won on Saturday, um, uh, five to two, and then they lost four to three yesterday. But I thought that they, you know, I thought they played well even in the loss. There's a lot of good things to be uh, to be uh, to to look at when you're considering these these younger players and where they could fit in the future um, in on a Bruins lineup. So awesome, yeah. I mean the video and stuff that I saw. Um... Everyone looked pretty good, but Ashan, there was a lot of talk about him after the camp too. Him and LaSalle were already things. So it's, it's always nice to see when that translates, but I think overall the boys played well. And also Buffalo Sabres in New Jersey, their kids were all hopped up too. They had a hot contest (laughs) themselves. So yeah, we're moving on this week. Like you said, training camps are starting. We don't exactly know when. Um, Yeah, but I, we, we split the contest, right? We beat Buffalo, but lost to New Jersey. Yeah. What a thing. But yeah, overall looked great. And yeah, Froden, Jesus, he was like, I mean, who cares about age? If you're on fire, you're fire. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what he looked like boss in that tournament uh, from the clips I saw. Okay. But that was one of the, that was the next thing um, about uh, Fabian's going to the WHL, like we had talked about. Um, but I just wanted to reiterate, like, that's a good, tough kind of league to get used to North America, and that's a good spot for him. Yeah, and you know, Mark Diver uh, threw out the um, the tweet uh, yesterday after the tournament was over against the New Jersey Devils, 
He said Fabian LaSalle likely headed to Vancouver WHL this season for Don Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney said it, it will be important for him to play against kids in his peer group. We're excited that he's going to play over there. Uh, Sweeney also added, we do believe the transition to smaller ice surfaces, especially with young, young guys, they have to play in the hard areas on the ice in order to be successful. He's more than willing to do that, but he's got to find his space. So that's just, you know, that just said that he's a work in progress, you know, and I mean, as much as I had him kind of sketched in for the Providence lineup because of the fact is that he didn't want to split time with the J20 uh, league over in the SHL with Lulia. And he Mm -hmm. wanted to play against, um, you know, adults and so on uh, on a consistent basis made me think that the AHL would be the path for him, but it's, you know, it's, it's abundantly clear that both sides sat down and said, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to learn the game that, it's going to come at you faster. And I think that the WHL is a great place to learn that gritty type of style game while you can still, uh, uh, you know, show off a, a, an impressive skill set that the, yeah. kid, the young man has. I mean, there's, there's so much more to learn when you come over here. And I think one full season over in uh, the dub and then maybe another full season over in the AHL and maybe his path to the NHL would be a little um, – would be a lot better for him when when uh, we look at like cap friendly or puckpedia and their lineup and who's departing who's sticking around who's still under contract i think there'll be a good fit in like um two or three years in the nhl so there's a nice little you know pathway for him to learn yeah i was gonna say that's also another thing is we like i always say we have to start weeding out some of what we're gonna be realistic that are really going to be the staple of the Boston Bruins going forward slash Providence Bruins, because we do have plenty of good players. If we can't get something for them or whatever that, you know, like we said, nothing wrong with being an AHL career because that's a hell of a league to be stuck in. Know what I mean? Quote unquote, if you know, you don't get to be a regular up, but I like the WHL because I do, I think it's AHL is more refined in the sense that they're kind of playing exactly mostly the same rules as the NHL is right. You know, just like the way you play the style you play or some of these little leagues. So like North American kids grow up in the OHL and with blah, 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 and all the development leagues, right. Or college NCAA or whatever. This is a good place. I think for European players to really quickly learn the nitty gritty kind of players. Cause these are not that all hockey players aren't tough, but like, they're not the finesse league like the Q. Know what I mean? Like they're yeah. hard nosed. Like these kids, some of these people are gonna end up on team somewhere. But it it's like a two year to two years wrapped in one tutorial for those hard, not just playing hard in the corners or what to do in the smaller space, but just generally more physical. Uh, European hockey isn't as physical. We always talk about that, so that's good for him. And then just get that in him. AHL, yeah, but I I think you're smart when you bring up the cap space part, though, because we still, we got to go back to, we still got to get McAvoy and everything else is still happening. So I don't know, but all I know is this is looking like a pretty sexy draft pick to me. I don't know. Some people may may say, but if they can develop him right, I don't think there's going to be a lot of backlash on this kid, and we may see him on this organization for a long time. Sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, good luck out there, I'm sure. So follow the Vancouver Giants in the W if you're not already. Um, so the Boston Bruins set up, and I just wanted to bring this up to you and just let people know the Boston Bruins Foundation helped open another street hockey rink in Hanover, Massachusetts. So good on them. Like I said, uh, or you always talk about, right, public spaces for the kids to have and adults or whatever use for rec time. Uh, also just to, especially like city kids, like, you know what, maybe you're not going to ever get into the rink, but certainly you have, could maybe scrounge up some street hockey sticks to get it done out there. So Hanover Mass, they open a nice looking facility, a little uh, thing down there. And uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I, I like to I like the idea that, you know, these, these opportunities for kids that maybe won't play hockey ever have at least the chance to try it. You know, um, it's imp that's important, you know, but it also there's a small percentage of those players that actually do move on to like, you know what, uh, convince the parents that they really want to do this. And then they can move on to have a nice little youth career, possibly high school career. And who knows? I mean, the the, the sky's the limit when you're thinking about college hockey or that one percent that make it, makes it to the to the pros. So this is just a, another step in the right direction when you're developing the next generation of players. And I think cities like Boston need to do more of these things. And, and especially, you know, areas where we live in Amesbury, Massachusetts, that's, you know, that I, I'm so on board with getting something going, um, you know, in, in our area to get back the interest that I believe is just slowly dis dissipating. Uh, and, it's, and it's tough to watch actually. Um, well, I was going to say that, for me, it's not about developing the next generation of players. It's about developing the next generation of fans. Because if you're not a fan, you don't go to games. You don't whatever. And you sure as hell don't convince your parents to pay two to eight grand a year to let you go yeah. and play. You know what I mean? So, um, like, ice hockey something unless a kid really, really loves it. Like, after, like, squirt, you're going to lose them anyways because they just would rather go play soccer or whatever, and that's fine. But that doesn't mean in that kid or kids that never play ice hockey, there aren't 99% kids that just go and play with their friends. It's exercise. Like, they love hockey, but, like, street, you know, like street hockey gives them a chance to kind of be in on that. But maybe they were lacrosse players instead and never got – the same season or whatever to line up, you know? So for me, it's about developing the fans because the fans buy the tickets and the fans let their kids play the sport and the fans, kids play the sport, you know? So for me, it's more like buddies. Like, I mean, I never played organized hockey, but I share a shit played a lot of street hockey growing up because I love hockey and yep. I can't skate very well, probably because I mostly played street hockey, but that's okay. <laughs> Eric literally said, yeah, my mom can't go out there to take the picture because she can't skate. I was like, listen, I cannot fall down and I can skate a little. I'm like, I'm no one's going to be having me hustle up for a pass or anything. That's for sure. But it's embarrassing. I know it's sad, but I just want to say for the record, I can skate ish. <laughs> just say. Okay. I cannot fall down. That's important. But anyways, yeah, the open spaces are really cool. And they could just... You gotta have things to do because also in like park and like, especially if you can set them up in conjunction with parks and stuff, because what happens is like after when you get to like 11 or 12, especially like the park isn't the same as it is when you're in a different kid phase of your life. This gives you another reason. Like we have a skate park or we used to have tennis courts or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I know. I'm like, we need, why don't we just bring, like, just go up to the high school. What's the worst that happens? Put a, we put a couple 
nuts up there just for the day, just saying, have a bunch of people go up there. What's the worst that happens? The cops show up and play some street hockey with us. I'm just saying, <laughs> but that's it. All right. Moving on. Good on you. Boston Ruins Foundation and stuff for helping set that up for the kids. Um, this could have maybe been two, but I figure it could just be one. But Taylor Hall and Craig Smith uh, both were gay pressers this week. And they seem all in to be Bruins, which makes me feel great. Hall seems he's like very excited for like a full season of being in it. And uh, I just love Craig Smith, man. You're like just awesome. I like having you around. You were the only signing I liked last summer and was like really, really into. And man, I just love you and your tooth and Superman, baby. But any, um, it's good that they are. I feel like they're ready to elevate their space off the ice this year with the organization. Like they're yeah. committed to like their. There are people who come here and want to play for the Bruins, and then there are people who are fucking Bruins. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like Brad Marchand couldn't have been on any other team but the Bruins. So, I don't know. Yep. Thoughts on what you expect from these gentlemen this year? Do you think they're going to be together with whoever ends up being second line? Like, do you think that maybe to start well, off for comfort, Coyle, Smitty, Hall? No, I'm excited for um, a full season of Hall. Absolutely. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, alongside and hopefully Craig Smith uh, has that uh, right wing position on the on the uh, second line. Um, are we going to go into any Charlie Coyle talk? Do you have it on the agenda? No, but I thought we could generally okay. talk All about right. it. Then I'll just talk about it right now. Yeah, uh, it, it remains to be seen how this uh, how it's going to start off for Charlie Coyle because uh, Matt Porter from the Boston Globe uh, reported yesterday, I believe that Charlie Coyle is still having knee issues. Uh, and that's, that's because of the surgery he had, but may be limited to start Bruins camp. So, uh, all others expected a full go and, um, expect injured, uh, these Josiah Didier, Victor Berglund and JD Greenway to, uh, also be at camp, but as injured members, so it, it remains to be seen who's that who that two C is going to be um, to start the year if 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 Coyle can't completely get healthy and ready to start the uh, the the uh, twenty one twenty two campaign, but um, I I want to I want to give full opportunity to uh, Charlie Coyle for that two C position, but I like what he said previously and you know over the summer off season that uh, you know he hasn't. He, it's not nothing's given to him. He's got to earn that two C. And I really like the way that he's his confident in that and just saying that, you know, I haven't done anything to earn it. I still have to go out and prove it. And I'm I'm really high on that. But I just want to I just want if you're gonna take that role, you gotta be more point productive. You gotta get out of these out of these funks where you go pointless for games and games and games. Um and I and I honestly think that if he can't do that. You have a supporting cast of Taylor Hall right next to you that can actually drive that line, which, you know, I was hoping that the center position would take that, that a bunch of that scoring ability. But if it has to be uh, Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, we both know that those guys can put the fuck in the net. Craig Smith is a, is a shooter. That guy shoots all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with, with Charlie Coyle. Hopefully he, he gets healthy enough and just these are precautionary moves. Yeah, um, I definitely – I don't know who will be the second-line center. Like I said, when I when I say Charlie Coyle, that's only because of his – vet, you know, being more veteran on the team or whatever. 
I mean, hopefully he'll be all right, but it's hard to tell with injuries too. Like, what does that mean? He's like, he'll be okay for October 16th, but for the 22nd of September for camp, it's going to be a little iffy, you know what I mean? So still remains to be seen, but that is interesting. If he can't go all out at camp though, his $5 million, his $5 million uh, salary also dictates a second line center too. No. Oh yeah. You know, we've already talked about that. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, hopefully it's just more of like, you know, now that shit's getting real and he's really skating and everything else that it's more of just having to finish the rehab of it now that he's in real situations of sports movement or whatever and not just simulating it. I don't know what to say, but um, but I think Hall and Smith, I, I would like to hope that they stay together on that second line because even though Smith, I think, is an unlikely second line right wing, he's definitely a guy that you want on your third line. You know, like he gives you that depth. They have great chemistry and it sucks that Krejci isn't there, but this goes back to what you said though, but you, you got to get used. David Krejci is a point of game player overall ish, you know? So you need to at least be putting points up every other game to compensate. So it's not like, you know, and Charlie Coyle can do it. Um, but there are other people, like you said. So for me, it'll be interesting to watch at camp, watching those other candidates for the se- potential second line center, duke it out to see who, especially the new guys are like, Hey, Charlie Coyle, it was, even though you have to earn it, you know, it was probably at least to start. It's your position to lose at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch what the other people do. Like here's a crazy idea, Heather. And actually um, I was on a live stream with the, um, the beehive podcast uh, the other day and shout out beehive. Host, yeah. Uh, host or co-host Kevin O'Keefe who writes for us at blackandgoldhockey.com mentioned that if if Bruce Cassidy ever finds a, a reason to shake up the lines because he's not getting anything out of them he likes the idea of putting Smith at the top right wing while dropping Pasenak down to the second line's right wing to work with Coyle and Hall and I think that's a very intriguing idea you know it's I, I'm not going to poo-poo that because you're breaking up yeah. the production line you know, so I'm all about uh, getting the fucking puck in the net and winning games and hopefully championships. So however that happens has to happen. Um, and and also it's Cassie's team. So ultimately, if he feels like pulling half the kids from Providence and making that the team, unless there's NHL, you know, like right. bury some of the lower end contracts, even of the big guys like we talk about, maybe Chris Wagner, you might put him down in Providence and just eat that instead of necessarily getting rid of him. Uh I don't know. They all looked very happy though when they were together and let the games begin because we don't know. It it was one week from the end of the season to the next week when we were like, this team is nothing like the team that we yeah, talked not, about. Yeah, and now we're 26 days away. Yeah, and it's gonna... I'm in... I don't like making... I figure the week before the season starts, maybe... I don't know. Maybe we can even do a round table. I don't know, but like do a prediction so that we can go back in six months to see what we yeah, thought would happen. Sure. Just generally our predictions for the division, whatever the thing. No, I planned on doing that when we, get I can't even, pre- season. yeah, I can't even predict what this team's going to look like. Come whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to really shake out for real until the 15th or whatever of October, whatever the rules are, but it's going to be interesting because some of these guys that we gave, you get a three and you get a three and you get a three, especially in the forward. I think they're going to dictate what happens with some of our, pro, our 
prospects or used to be prospect guys, they're down in the AHL, whether we're going to really start either giving them the space to stay or getting them the hell out of here so we can replenish. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to hear about you from that. If one of the, uh, I'm going to say, if I, Speaking of Providence, shout out to the Providence Bruins um, for uh, getting back in touch with me on my email. And they're excited to have me back covering the team as a media member. So thank you very much to Vice President Jeff um, on uh, the email. And I look forward to seeing him again. He was all excited when I he's like, oh, my God, it's great to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you at the dunk. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Well, yeah, because uh, you really love them. You're not just a media guy covering, pro- like no, you I love know. Providence independently. So that's why. Yeah, but it's going to be good. Uh, Mark Diver also tweeted out last week that it looks like the um, the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Center on the opening night, which is going to be the 16th of October, which is Saturday seven night o'clock. at 7 o'clock, is going to be sold out. And I'll tell you what, I believe it. Because I I am a, a Hilton type of guy. I like to spend a little extra money for the little extra comfort. But also, the Hilton is literally 20 steps away from the Dunkin' Donuts Center and my media access door. But mm-hmm. that is sold out. There's no available rooms. And then I worked from the Hilton, and I went kind of further, further, further back. Yeah, nothing, I mean, there's all the hotels in Providence. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had to go... And the only room available was in Seekonk, Mass., which is 15 minutes away across the border for for a room. It's going to be crazy in there to see that building full. I don't think I've ever seen that building full. So you're staying in Seekonk? Yes. Seekonk, Mass., a town that you never probably would go to if you didn't Uh, have to book a hotel. Probably drove through it a couple times, heading down to the Cape, whatever. But, (laughs) you know, never really stayed overnight. So it's going to be interesting to Uber back and forth. But. I will yeah. be in the house, and uh, I'm excited for the uh, a full season of seeing these guys interviewing new head coach Ryan Mujanel. Um, uh, I think his name is Matt Thomas. He's the new uh, assistant coach, and obviously Trent Woodfield is always a pleasure to talk to. But also some of these new players that are coming to Providence, I'm looking really forward to to getting a, uh, to talk to, especially Kyle Kaiser, because I expect he's going to have a big um, a big season. And you know, hashtag goalie goaltenders union. I'm a, I'm a goalie guy. I love talking to goalie guys. So it's going to be fun. I know you love goalie guys and you love the Providence Bruins. And I'm pumped that there's media access and if you, and which is awesome. Cause even if you can't get down there, there are other people who I know yeah. that are in the circle that can maybe go in and, and I think that's important because like, this is one of the things that you want. You want the coverage. Like, yeah, we talk about mostly the actual Bruins and sometimes Providence, but that's what you want. We're trying to get that, that we're getting yep. looks at all of our guys. I, it's not about me and feeding my ego, being a media yeah. member and this and like that. It is all about access. And mm-hmm. if I can get the access through my sports media company to give the opportunities like this to several other members of the black and gold uh, production sports media company. That is just great for me because I don't have to go down to province every day. We all, I know I'd like to go down every weekend, but you know, I'd like to split it up to the folks that live close by and give them the, uh, the experience, you know, uh, interviewing players post game and sitting up in the press box and getting, you know, it's just, it's cool. And and I think it's, it's important for everybody to, to work on a rotation and to prove that we're there as a sports media company. And we're serious. It's not just yeah. getting media access and, and going one game every three months. I don't think that's, I, I don't think I would do this just for those, 
you know, limited yeah. opportunities. I want a full season. And no, because you'd rather got. some, you'd rather have someone else have that that could go every week. Then, exactly. yeah, absolutely. And that, from my point, what I meant is like as fans too, and people who maybe listen to our podcast and awesome. Thank you for visiting the website and you know supporting our writers and everything else. Uh, but make it more get give them a little more information, more in depth than you can go. Because like again, yeah. I like I'm not gonna be probably. I'll be checking out what the main Mariners are doing. But if I have someone I know who can, is like in the room, I'd much rather read a well thought out article with someone who's in it to win it, you know, kind yep. of thing. Uh, Cause I'm more likely to say watch Providence than I am Maine. But that I'll being be, said, I would love for us to take a road trip up to Maine and go yep. to a Mariners game. You know, I'll so. be, I'll be reaching out to the main Mariners again this week. It's, it's a, it's a, a cat and mouse game getting credentials it's uh but you just gotta it's almost like a job when you apply for a job and you don't get the first one you keep applying to you until they get sick and tired of seeing your application this is what we got to do so we're going to be getting hopefully um credentials to the main mariners and also i um uh, andrew taverna is uh taking it upon himself to um to uh run the uh, the boston pride and he wants me to reach out for a credential for them too so we're going to be uh, increasing our black and gold coverage and, and, and involving more women's hockey, which I think is important. Awesome. Uh, that's what makes me happy. Let's do it. I wish I could go, but we definitely, we're getting, we're getting to at least one game. At least when I say we, I mean me and I'm an <laughs> egomaniac. So I have to talk to my, myself like as if I'm a medieval king. Um, but I want to go to one of each within driving distance. It's like every year how I say to you, why don't we just get season tickets to you Lowell and go watch all the hockey East teams in Lowell or, right. you know, Mar or bounce between. Cause if we can't necessarily get down to Boston to go to a BU or a BC game or whatever, we can just watch them play. <laughs> like, I don't know, sure. uh, but I want to do for all of it. And I am getting to a pride game this year. If we're allowed to, you know what I mean? All yep. in. We are figuring out a Bruins game, at least because Eric is two years behind getting to go to his first game. And I'd love to take a road trip to Maine. One, I love Maine. Portland's yeah. awesome. Let's do it. You Big know. Fan. And I'm not as scared of trains. <laughs> we'll go to Providence. We'll make a whole thing of it. Um, okay. Well, speaking of traveling, Charlie McElvoy, our uh, future captain probably someday, hopefully, all right. Anyways, he would, did the NHL's annual media tour in Chicago this year. So basically, he was our representative out there getting his picture taken, given the interviews. Uh, this happens, especially with the young, hot studs of the league. You know, like this is their time to shine. But good on Charlie McAvoy. He's just he looks so grown up. I mean, he's still got his little baby face, but he's coming into his own. This is the year that I think Charlie McAvoy really, really cements himself as a Norris Trophy week. You know, winner, yeah. maybe not this year, but, you know, in the future and really yeah. as the backbone of this team moving forward, as we know, Patrice will be moving out and whatever over the next few years. And even Brad probably has only got another six or years in him because he's a little younger. But all right. That's all I think. But did you see some of the images? I mean, looking good. Yeah, I did. Yeah, very definitely. sharp. He looks really good out there in Chicago. Hopefully he's not filling his face with those uh, deep dish pizzas and he's ready to come back to work and uh, put in a solid season and hopeful um, higher ranking in the, in the Norris consideration, because uh, he's just, he's just one of those like water bug freaking type of players that you just <laughs> love to see grow and, uh, and, and, and live every one of these experiences that he has, because it's just going to make him a better person. And in my opinion, a future captain. Hmm. All day long. Like, that's what I mean is that just, 
seeing a little bit of his into and stuff, it's like he really is growing into becoming really the face of this team. You know, he is the future and I don't know what it is. It's just a Bruins thing, but man, we really love our defensemen and we find one a generation to just, you know, clock in there. But uh, yeah, so good on Charlie McAvoy. Thank you for representing the Bruins very professionally, looking good. Uh, he's not really a kid that's an out of control. I mean, I'm sure he goes out and drinks with his buddies and does whatever, but he, uh, I'm sure, is only having one slice of that deep dish pizza because you can't not eat pizza if you like pizza and you're near it in Chicago. But I'm sure that he behaved himself and he's eating great so he can just stroll back into captain's practice today and be ready to hit the ice. No, really though, Charlie McAvoy, we, oh God, it was like, even when we drafted him, I was like, oh my God, this is it. We really drafted Charlie McAvoy and love it. Love to see. And I love to see them uh, giving him that responsibility. Like the team kind of saying to you, you're the guy, you know? I mean, I don't know if the NHL requests certain players. I'm sure, you know, it would be just as awesome if they had sent past an or whatever, but good on Charlie McAvoy. Um, well, I guess I just wanted to mention that the Bruins Foundation are one of the partners. Um, Martin Richard, who I don't know if people are listening. I mean, I know a lot of people will may not not, but um, when um the Boston Marathon bombing happened, he is the young boy that was killed during the Boston bombing. Uh, but anyway, so there's a foundation. They have build parks and things like that. They have a road race every year. Uh, so I just wanted to mention uh, that the Martin Richard Foundation has an AK road race. It's happening. I think it's December. But anyways, if you just go to like the Martin Richard Foundation or probably the Bruins Foundation, I'm sure all the details are in there. If that's the kind of thing you like to do to do uh, like a charity work or, um, you know, fundraising things to help organizations out. Uh, it's a great honor to Richard what the things that his foundation does. Great way to honor the young man who uh, was lost and also just uh, to support a good cause if you would like to because they really do do a lot of community things and really keep the spirit alive of him. So if you're into uh, road races, things like that, or just generally making donations for people who will do the grunt work to get it done. Before we go to break... I just thought I'd mention it now. It's in the middle, and then, then we can move on to the last few things. Uh, when we get back, before we hear from Bruce Sullivan, but let's talk about it. Captain Zdeno Chara, former Captain Zdeno Chara, apologies, uh, has gone back to where it all began. He's an Islander now. He's keeping it in the Metropolitan Division, um, which is great, but also not great that Zdeno Chara is on the Islanders, in my opinion. Uh I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's one year, like a little over a million dollars or something like that they signed him with. Um, but yeah, just thoughts on that. Like, I'm more concerned about if Char is on and we're playing the Islanders. Like, if he's having one of those days, he looks more like his former self. Uh, he can still get you, you know? So, anyways, yeah, any thoughts on the Islanders sign him? Uh, not really. I mean, it's not that much of a big deal. To me, um, I mean, yes, it is. He's going full circle back to where it all began and so on. And good on him and good on um, uh, Lou Lamorello for getting this deal done. Um, and good, you know, definitely good for Jara to keep the dream alive. But um, um, yeah, he's playing with the Islanders. We're going back to a regular uh, scheduled season. Uh, no more, um, you know, the divisions where we're all the Northeast and everything are going to play each other all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, we are going to see probably the Islanders four times out of the year, so it's really not a big deal uh, for yeah. me. If we saw him eight times out of the year, it'd be a little more of a big deal for me because he, you know, he knows the tendencies, he knows where players go wide, and if they're going to come up the middle and so on. So, for like worse when he was on Washington, you mean? Yeah, the Islanders yeah. are better. You see him less. Yeah. yeah. And so, I'm, I'm happy for him to be able to sign close to home, too, so his family can still stay in Boston if that's what they need well, to that's, do. Well, that's always been an important thing for him. He, I mean, mm-hmm. there were there were rumors that um, there was – I don't remember what team it was, but it was out west that wanted to sign him. And I think he just said, no, I just, I'd just i rather sign with somebody on the east coast uh, so I can be closer to my family. Yeah. Well, I'm happy he gets another season. Maybe he's making his way back to Boston to do what Bacchus did. You know what I mean? Let it go. I mean, I guess he'd have to do a stint in Ottawa for a couple weeks, but I don't know. I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was good for him. I mean, honestly, like the Islanders, they're a good young team. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll end up on the ninth floor a few. Who knows what will go on if he is in for rotating. But I think the Islanders could use a little, I mean, they, they did get a little at the trade deadline and stuff last year um, for uh, a little veteran experience on the team. Cause for a little bit there, they were just like kind of a young team trying to f- figure it out as they went. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Good for Zidane Chower. But um, I think this is a good time to take a break in here from uh, Bruce Sullivan. If you think that's okay. Yeah, let's uh, hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan of uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some awesome stuff, particularly one item that we're giving away today. It's a hand-signed Rick Middleton jersey. So we have a winner for that. We also have a weekly winner of our Patreon uh, weekly prizes. So and I got to get caught up with that this week. I'm on vacation. I got a ton of packages I got to send out. Sorry for the slackiness. We're getting closer to the NHL season, which means my attention is fully on other things, getting getting geared up. So I will be getting all that stuff out. But uh, let's hear from Bruce and we'll be back to talk some more Boston Bruins hockey. <laughs> Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. Tomorrow, September 19th, we host two Bruins legends, Hall of Famer and NHL Top 100 player Brad Park and three-time All-Star and Bruins number 16 retired Rick Middleton. Reserve your Brad Park autographed inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey for just one nineteen. Or a Brad Park JSA authenticated puck for 39. How about a Rick Middleton jersey, JSA authenticated, inscribed for just $99, a puck for 35, or a photo for just 29. Score with dual inscribed Mark Recchi jerseys for 119 delivered. Or a JSA authenticated mini for just $99. Our Cheevers sale continues. Take home a Jerry Cheevers dual inscribed black or white. JSA authenticated jersey with two inscriptions, Hall of Fame 85 and Stanley Cup champ 7072 for just $79. A 1970 Stanley Cup commemorative puck for just $35 or a JSA inscribed mask photo for just $29. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com and be sure to tune in each week 
right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bruins fans? We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, and we are back talking Boston Bruins hockey. Bruce is awesome. Please go to his uh, YouTube, his Facebook page, and uh, give him an email, and uh, he'll hook you up with some really cool stuff that he has in his collection. All right, Heather, where are we going now? All right, well, I think we only have a couple more actual Bruins topics, then we got a few of our NHL topics, but uh, John Ferguson Jr. is now the assistant GM of the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, yes, ma'am. Um, it was broke. The news broke by me 18 hours before it actually um, became uh, nationwide news. Um, thanks. For pat the back. But um, yeah, uh, kind of a kind of a shocking thing to um, to hear. Uh, John Ferguson Jr. was a member of the Boston Bruins as an assistant for, uh, I think, seven years. And uh, primarily he's the GM was the GM of the uh, Providence Bruins. Um, so interesting that Ryan Mujanel, uh, gets the job and he was real close with, with, um, with Ferguson. And then Ferguson, I, I noticed last week before I even broke the, uh, the Ferguson news to, uh, that he was leaving. I didn't break the news that he was going to the coyotes, um, but uh, I, I noticed on the website that his name was now executive director of player personnel and not the assistant general manager. And in fact, Evan Gold, who is a capologist and, and really good at l- the lawyer type of um, aspects of, a, of an NHL organization, was actually the assistant general manager uh, on, the, um, on the official team page. So I mentioned that. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I broke the news that, um, you know, that Ferguson was going to be leaving. And uh, that was kind of a, a shocking thing. So, um, you know, good luck to, to Fergie um, out in, in Arizona. Kind of a weird spot to go because it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a dumpster fire out there right now. But uh, there might have been a better opportunity, whether it comes uh, via money or, or whatever. Um, possibly he could be the next in line to um, – to proceed uh, possibly uh, Armstrong's um, uh, role as uh, as um, um, uh, general manager of the Coyotes. So I'm say on some ways though, that's not that surprising as they know each other. Well, that he yeah. like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me of him going to Arizona. Cause I feel like if you're gonna, I mean, Providence Bruins, it's a really good AHL team that you're the GM of, you know, in Arizona, like you said, is a little bit of a hot mess at times. And I feel bad because I feel like that team wants to be good and it wants to be, you know, the management there, just Jesus. But I mean, good luck to you. And uh, thank you for all your service in uh, the Bruins organization. Maybe just the organizational aspects from the Bruins organization skill set will help him kind of assist in trying to get the Coyotes back to a viable organization for the long haul you know what i mean because that poor like 30 freaking years that poor team is just not like they've had players come through there they've had whatever but it's a rotating and i really think that if they move their arena that will help a lot you're gonna put that in a college town it's gonna be 
I still but, think and, they're moving to Texas. I don't. I know you want them to go to Houston, but I don't think they will. I just well, I mean, I know what happens, but they're they're not in the Pacific Division anymore. They're in the Central Division. It just kind of I don't know. That kind of gravitates me to the moving. So, I and mean, it, I think it is actually the fifth highest market for like sports watchers. If you're thinking about uh, the TV. Um, revenue and tv numbers which is kind of weird that that actually is but um no it's really not because houston has a lot of big sports arizona Arizona. well and oh sorry i didn't mean to say but my thing is that you have to look at it overall if you move the team to houston even though it's a bigger city and you're going to have more people probably have access to it besides dallas they don't really have a natural rivalry with any other city well, you create maybe it. Denver. You, get there I know, to create something. But you also have to look at it from the NHL's perspective is that they've already invested 30 years of fucking expansion building in the Western part of the United States right. to have the natural, which should create the generate. The well, that's why is, when, is that when Seattle came in, they bumped them out of they, the Pacific they Division. Move, they moved them where they were, though. They did that because technically Arizona should be in like a Southwest division or whatever the hell, like it would be called. Do you know what I mean? Not a North, like a Pacific division. Cause that should be those. They had to adjust to let those in. And all they did was move. It makes more sense. Seattle would be in the Pacific division. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. part of why that was, but as for like, I mean, obviously like Philly and Boston have a bigger rivalry than Philly and freaking San Jose. You know what I mean? So that's why San Jose they play the ducks because those two cities just alone, that will generate the thing. And that's all I mean, the danger of moving out financially, they might have to move out, but I'm not sure. Like, even though Houston, they have like a strong, uh, because they have a lot of like, uh, like EC, like those kind of league te- like they have teams like that around there, but Dallas, the Dallas stars, they don't, they already had to go through all of that. And does the NHL really need, you don't know, like it, it's not as simple as just move that team to Houston and now suddenly the market's going to be better. Like maybe it's not because look at the Coyotes market now. If you just move them, unless they, I no, I don't think it's going to work. Like, no, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I just think it would be better after investing all this time and energy to try and save the Coyotes where they are because they have more natural rivalries that should create more TV revenue and if they could get actual people who gave a crap about the team, truly cared about the team, yep. like this new owner came in, like this is a new sheriff in town. Well, fucking put your money where your mouth is. Get the right people in place. Give the people of Arizona a reason to want to love this team. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we had many years as Bruins fans, we'd go, there'd be freaking 5,000 of us there. You know what I mean? It might be full now, but there were times that it was quite easy to sit four rows from the glass at a cheap price. So, see, I think, I think uh, Houston would be a perfect spot because it would be a, a just a really good um, com- um, rival with Dallas. Houston play, uh, Houston fans can go to Dallas. Dallas can go to Houston. They'd be supporting each other. You know, so, uh, it's just, that's, that's just good, in my opinion. Just, you know, in the metro area in Houston is 3.1 million people. So, you know, you can definitely tap in that. There's already an arena there. It's already ready to go. Um, and there has been hockey in Houston before with the WHA, uh, WHA and um, the American Hockey League has been there. So, uh, that, I'm not saying that Houston isn't a hockey city. I'm just saying I'm not sure that's going to solve the problem in the long run. Oh. Like, 
if Atlanta was still maybe in there, something like that. I just feel like they're they're still far enough away. They don't quite compete in the market to fight for uh, because you can't just only have one city to be a rivalry with in the long, like that's great, but you only play each other four times a year. Do you know what I mean? You have all the other team you have to create. Right. And it's easier to create a natural rivalry cities closer. Houston, I and I don't know. I mean, Dallas has kind of saturated that market on that level too. Maybe because they were the only one, but also because they put a lot of time and effort when they they had to know it wouldn't have been easy to move Minnesota's team to Texas. <laughs> and they did it and they grew the sport, you know, and to help in conjunction with some roots that were already there, you know, um, that's just me, but I, I just, hopefully Ferguson can help them help them out. Cause either way, you're going to need to have a healthy team. Even if you sell it and move it, you can't have this up and down non-existent or looks hopeful, but falls apart kind of system anymore. Also, you don't want to be known as the place that contracts are being buried. Like that's not good for your market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neither neither is having no national broadcast games in the uh, uh, United States, which is the next thing that I want to talk about is, so the NHL released their national broadcast system, right? So, yay, the Bruins have 13 national games. You kind of figure that, you know, the Rangers, the Blackhawks, like, I mean, there's the cast of characters you always want to see. Uh, but some teams, can you please explain to me, and I understand, people say, Oh, maybe because of the Canadian, whatever. And I don't know. Maybe it is a contract thing. But it seems weird you can see a Montreal Canadiens game at some point. There's no Calgary Flames games on at all. And on none of the national broadcasts. There's no Ottawa Senators games. There's no Winnipeg Jets games, okay? Yes, the Can- I understand the Canadian teams having less games than the American teams, right? But why the fuck can't I watch Winnipeg versus... Calgary, like, or Edmonton versus Calgary, or vice versa. Like, I would like well, to see the Canadian fight too. I want to see can- uh, Toronto versus Montreal. Like, there's that's ways. Funny. There's ways that you'd be able to watch. They're just not nationally televised. Right. But what I'm saying is, if this goes back to growing the market, this and that, then give the people the taste of all the teams. You know what I mean? Right. Like, say you're happy at to a just national level. I get it. Yeah. Like, let that casual fan after, uh, whatever, you know, after college football's over and it's like, you know, things are wrapping up and on the Saturday, let that be a Montreal Toronto game. Like, why does it have to be an American game? It's an international league technically, you know, like that's just, I feel like that's a weird marketing thing that they should address. And that's all I wanted to say about that. That being said, um, well, cause it's like a weird argument. Like you mean to tell me in America, people would rather watch 10 Buffalo Sabres nationally televised games than any Calgary Flames games. Yeah, I don't think that's fail. true. Yeah, but like 11, the Arizona Coyotes have 11 national. I think, to be fair, if the dumpster fire that is two dumpster fire American teams should equal at least a mediocre Canadian team on a national broadcast because <laughs> nobody's, yeah, I'm just saying. And what if whoever happens to be the game like they think right now that the people Arizona playing 11 times on the national broadcast people will actually want to see what if those teams suck at the time then you get nobody to watch a Saturday at 12 o'clock game I don't know just weird to me just thought I'd bring it up but Bruins not surprisingly had 13 and as always it's uh but speaking of Dallas they have 11 
but it's always the same cast of characters, Colorado, Chicago, the Rangers, blah, 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 blah. But the good news is, is that October 16th is getting closer than it yes, was it last is. week when we talked at this time. Okay. Um, so the I Montreal is getting the draft 2022. So all of you kids whose draft year is 2022, maybe you'll get to have a normal draft this year. I don't know. Maybe you'll actually be able to be in there and they'll have this whole entire spiel. It'll still take 9,000 years because for some reason, even though we all know they've already made their picks ahead of time, we can't just speed the process up a little bit. I mean, generally speaking, you know, it's not like... Yeah. It's like, you can't tell me- a lot me more that goes involved at that table. It's no, and I get that. Me. But what I mean is like, it's sometimes you feel like, okay, so especially in the deeper rounds, I feel like it's taking forever. Because when you're, when you're in the seventh round, you've pretty much exhausted your list, but you would have had a contingency like sixth and seventh rounders if they're still available list, but they don't- yeah. I know they do. And I understand it's like, the, but as a fan and they're like, if you're watching it or whatever, you're like waiting. Yeah. That's just how I feel. So hopefully the kids can have a normal draft at Montreal. I don't know if you have anything about it. No, I'm excited uh, to have it close by on the East coast and possibly um, we'll be in attendance. We'll see what happens with that mm. um, with travel constraints and so on, if that's going to oh, be relieved or not. But um, yeah, I would like to be in attendance for that. It'd be kind of cool to hang out in Montreal and, you know, see some, uh, um, see some, uh, folks like, uh, my, my favorite, uh, Jeff Merrick, who's a, who's a big draft guy, big prospect guy. So, uh, it'd be nice to just even walk by and say hello, but, um, mm -hmm. it'd be fun, but, uh, it'd be good to, to, for these kids to travel to a city with their families, be in, in attendance and not do it virtually. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why it was, it was so slow is because it was done virtually, you know, but I don't know. See what happens. Um, I just saw this was interesting. I, I thought I just mentioned it that I saw that the NHL signed a five-year exclusive deal with the Nordic entertainment group is going to bring up to 1400 NHL games to Poland, which is awesome. I don't really know how media in Poland works or whatever. So maybe that's in that region, not just Poland. I didn't really read that detail, but I thought that was a good, uh, in an attempt to, they want to grow the league internationally. Expand the game. The yeah. Yeah. Expand the game. So also, European players like watching the European players. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it gives them great satisfaction when Victor Hedman snaps one by friggin' or a American goaltender. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things. Like, you get Europeans also love to watch their European players play, and yep. uh, we love watching the European players play, and that's why we poach them all over here mostly, <laughs> bring them over to watch. So that I just thought that was a good expand the game uh, kind of move in the ongoing. Uh, NHL switching how they're getting their product out there in transition. Um, that being said, uh, everyone subscribe to In the Crease podcast. Emily Kaplan and Linda Cohen are doing oh my a, God, yes. their official NHL podcast. I have to bring that up. All of a sudden, Mark tapped back in. He just got a little kickstand there for one second. He was like, yeah. holy shit, you're talking about sexy mamas talking hockey. I love this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we both love them. They are really awesome uh NHL journalists, you know, people who really are in, in the sport and they treat it respectfully too. And, uh, they have a lot of good access. So I'm thinking that that podcast is just going to be so awesome. So I'm just giving everyone a heads up. Sure. I'm going to miss ESPN on the, whatever, but this is getting me very excited. As the mean, Greg's gone. 
Well, they haven't done an ESPN on ice for a little bit, but that was the ESPN one. But now this is the official quote unquote, like ESPN podcast. So I guess the one, and I'm sure if things go well with the NHL, they'll probably put more content out there NHL wise or whatnot. But um, yeah, that's pretty exciting. All right. Uh, Boston Pride got their sexy ass championship rings. All right, ladies, did you see them? Yes, they were gorgeous. They were gorgeous. They're beautiful. So, and did you see the? Um, uh, I don't remember her name. Oh, Kate, is it Caitlin Fracken? Yeah, Fracklin. Fracklin. Uh, did you see those freaking cornhole boards that she that they got custom made for her? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah those were badass. We just wanted to say yay again to the pride. We're very yep. prideful for you and go. Hopefully we can get in the building for a few games this season and those rings and things like that. Like just keep continuing the tour, but I on the prize baby. Cause November 6th, they open up and to defend their Isabel cup uh, under the newly branded P W P H F. I'm trying to get- I'm trying, ladies. I'm trying. It's just I'm old and I'm a creature of habit. Okay. Um, All right. So the last thing I think that you had just mentioned to me, and I hadn't seen this. I don't know how I missed it. But uh, after 27 years, there's going to be a changing of the guard. The president of the International Hockey Federation is not going to be the same guy. And that might be a very good thing for the sport. (laughs) Yeah. Moving forward and growing the game um, internationally. there's going to be a presidential election will take place in St. Petersburg this Saturday. Rene Fassell will step down after 27 years. Fassell will become a consultant for the KHL and Russian hockey, which will only strengthen um, the NHL good relations with the Russians, says NHL uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. And that is coming from KHL Diaries. So take that with a grain of salt. But still, it's... um. It's something that, uh, I don't know, I kind of think that Fassell was kind of, um, you know, a, a, a speed bump in a lot of the processes moving forward, um, especially with uh, NHL players playing in certain areas and blah, blah, blah. So um, who knows? But I'm also hearing that um, the IIHF is going to mandate within the next two or three years that all ranks worldwide that are played under the IIHF uh, tag will be 200 by 85, which is a huge thing moving forward. No more international ice, big ice, and so on. This is going to be really good. This is going to set the standard for uh, players like Fabian LaSalle, who has been playing in the uh, SHL on the bigger sheet. And like what Don Sweeney mentioned in his uh, press conference after the uh, prospect challenge, that LaSalle still needs to get used to this type of, um, this type of, uh, you know, sheet, the 200 by 85. So um, I think this is going to be good for development because you're already going to be playing on that type of sheet. And then you come to North America, you already know, you already have a good familiarity with that. So uh, I think this is going to be important for development moving forward at an international uh, level. It's, it, it's interesting to standardize it like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I mean? you know? kind of strange that there isn't standardized ice you know what i mean like i don't i don't know where when hockey was developing around the world it split and just could be circumstantial it wasn't that long ago the nhl ranks didn't even all line up in size you know what i mean so yeah it is all right 
Well, while Heather's frozen, I will continue this. Uh, it's almost like um, the UNH. UNH at the Whittemore Center has, um, you know, full ice, a huge international sheet. And then you all of a sudden go to like BU and then it's regular 200 by 85. So, um, all right. I think that's going to do it for this program. Uh, I do want to mention that we please rate and review. That would be awesome. We'd certainly appreciate that. And uh, also we have a Patreon account that we're going to put up right here. And if you go to um, the uh, Patreon dot com slash black and go hockey podcast you can donate just one dollar per episode and uh be involved in some awesome giveaways like this one signed pucks from us players fully authenticated awesome stuff only a dollar folks this week uh it is robbie shennett good old friend of mine he is the winner of a weekly giveaway and the jersey giveaway that we do every month just for a dollar, folks. And this is Rick Middleton, hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated and everything. This is going to Slap Hot, Slap Shots Sweethearts host, uh, Shannon Walsh. So congratulations, Shannon. You won this awesome jersey. And uh, we truly appreciate your contributions. Those guys have a fantastic podcast, and they do an awesome YouTube channel and so on. So please follow them and, and support them. Um, so with that being said... Um, my name is Mark Allred. Sorry for the uh, the loss of Heather. We have an internet connection problems, I guess. So um, with that being said, my name is Mark Allred. And uh, thank you very much for the support, the sharing, the, uh, the, the communications we have on Twitter with all of our listeners and fans and Boston fans in general. 26 days away, guys. And uh, I'm really pumped. And, uh, you know, uh, training camp's happening this week. And uh, super stoked for that. But uh, I want to thank our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. We have another sponsor coming up uh, in August. We get another contract with uh, another cool uh, sponsor, but I think it's going to be great. So we will talk about that later on. But um, please be safe. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the preseason. We'll be back next week for a lot more topics and um, and get ready for uh, season six as we uh, approach uh, the uh, October 16th. Um, uh, threshold of a, a new uh, 21-22 NHL campaign. So with that being said, peace out, everybody. Be safe. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.